We're back. Welcome to the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook. Like, subscribe, leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny Venerable, joined as always, Bo Brock, Damian Anderson here on a Monday in which the Cardinals, thankfully, we didn't have to watch them struggle over the weekend. But I'm struggling, gentlemen, nonetheless, because, goodness, you look at the landscape of the NFC West, and records aside, it's a lot of meh, it's a lot of trash, it's a lot of un, un, unproven quarterback play, a lot of garbage QB play. So I, I pose this question to begin today's show, Bo Brock. Steve Keim, Cliff Kingsbury, they're sitting in their offices, they're sitting in their ivory towers down in Tempe, mm-hmm. and they have their franchise quarterback, and he's healthy to begin the month of December, yet you are a singular game away from last place. Is this their fault, and why did they fail to take advantage? They couldn't even be around 500. This would have represented their best chance to win the NFC West since 2015. Now they, they've essentially wasted a lost year in this division. I mean, it was wasted regardless. I mean, the circumstances change it up a little bit as far as the Arizona Cardinals, you know, being third place in a division that's down, like, they, they couldn't compete in if most of the teams were just hovering around 500, which they kind of are. I mean, it looks like San Francisco can potentially run away with if, if they can get decent quarterback play. But no, I mean, I'm not sitting here and looking at this as, as a lost opportunity any more so than I was looking at it as a lost opportunity when the team, you know, couldn't reach the 500 mark for, for the entire season. I mean, it's just they couldn't win a game on a week-by-week basis, put themselves in a position enough to just compete in a down division and, and just uh, not just not even compete at all. I mean, I think that this team just had too many injuries as far as, you know, were they put in a position to be successful? I don't think so. But to look at it as like, hey, the division's down, you should have taken advantage of it. No, it's like you just couldn't even feel the team that was competitive with the rest of the league. I mean, the conference is down. The entire NFC is down. Oh, I mean, Bo's making excuses, and I don't like it. What excuse did I no, make? I mean, but but I think our own Howard Balzer put out some great notes in his article, Johnny and Bo, and he talked about the war of attrition and how there's only been roughly five guys out of the whole, you know, 77 players have played. Five guys have played in every game. And just the fact the turnover of this roster, and I think that some of that onus, Johnny, Bo, is on guys like Steve Kahn for not addressing that outside linebacker, the the offensive lineman, uh, those positions where the team is wrecked, respect, I mean, not respectfully, but like 28th and 25th in the league and overall, you know, 31 as a team. And when you have a, a, a team and you build this roster, you got to assume some of those injuries are going to happen. Right. And we've seen other teams come into State Farm Stadium on the road. We saw 49ers, which I know that we'll get into with the local product. Seventh round prick Brock Purdy led their team to a win. We saw the the Chargers come into State Farm Stadium with, you know, backup offensive line linemen and get it done. So to me, that's not an excuse about, you know, injuries. Right, Bo? Because that happens in the game. Um, More so to me, it's not it's not dra- addressing where there's, you know, blood in the water and where there's a huge need for it. Because, I mean, we haven't had I mean, just using one example. I know Chandler Jones hasn't had the year that he's wanted, uh, Johnny, you know, in Las Vegas. However, but there hasn't been any production in terms of the outside linebacker defensive end position. And you can yeah. say young guys, whatever you want, but they haven't produced like you need at, for guys like in that position. Yeah, well, I mean. They didn't, they didn't even make an effort to, to replace Chandler Jones, and that's the most frustrating part. My argument, bar none, it's a quarterback league, right? And not every best quarterback 
is leading their division, but that's usually the formula for success. Uh, producer extraordinaire Emma put this graphic together just to emphasize the shit show that is the <laughs> NFC West right now. So Kyler Murray is healthy. He makes $230 million total. He makes $160 million guaranteed. He's a two-time Pro Bowler, Rookie of the Year, first overall pick. This is who he's competing against for the rest of the season in the NFC West. And I preface this by saying, Wolford is the starter for the Rams and has been for the past couple of weeks. So effectively, you're going to go into the season, Matthew Stafford missing half the season. Geno Smith, he's playing great, whatever. 32-year-old, and you got swept by Geno Smith, right? They're playing Mm -hmm. a fourth-place schedule, and they're taking advantage. Good for them. He makes a fraction, a fraction of what Kyler Murray makes. He has a defensive head coach. And then, of course, Brock Purdy. I get it. You were smashed. You were destroyed. This is by San Francisco a couple weeks ago with Jimmy Garoppolo. This is San Francisco's third quarterback. He was the last pick in the draft. He was Mr. Irrelevant. He's got two career passing touchdowns. Looking at this and thinking to yourself, we have about a quarter of the season left, and you're effectively out of the NFC West race. And, And this is not just a December thing. The Niners haven't had their starting quarterback since the start, basically the start of the season. Now, you can make an argument Garoppolo is better. I've made that argument. But the Rams have never been right this year. The Seahawks were were coming into this year universally picked to potentially have a top three pick, not from Denver, but their own. You, you're the team throughout all these teams that does not have Bo Brock, the built-in excuses. Largely, Kyler Murray has been healthy. Yes, you've missed some pieces. I get it. War of attrition, blah, blah, blah. It's a quarterback lead. Kyler's missed two games. You won one of them. And you've and he's lost how many other he's he's lost seven games. Mm-hmm. He's lost seven games <clears throat> in how many opportunities? Nine or ten? That's unacceptable. I mean, uh, I, I do kind of disagree with your entire argument. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, as far as the war of attrition and all that, I mean, it, it's been in the worst. Uh, Brock Purdy came in yesterday, right? I mean, for him to be on this list, we'll see how he does. No, but the uh, fact more, that more you than the sample size over San Francisco. I, I mean now, that. That edge was gone a long time ago. And and that's here, here's my point about all this. As far as the biggest issue for this Arizona Cardinals team in 2022 is the step backwards that they took, the massive step backward that they took after winning 11 games, a playoff appearance. You know, at this stage in the Cliff Kyler, Kyler era, you wish that this Cardinals team could compete against good teams, right? And they just haven't done that. That's been the biggest difference maker this entire season. It's like they're not losing to bad teams. The only bad team they've lost to, it was actually before the Rams completely fell apart. They still had Stafford. They still had Cup. They had uh, Aaron Donald in that game. They had Jalen Ramsey in that game. They lost to him in, in week three of the season. But the only, I mean, this is the teams they've lost to. The Chiefs at 9-3, the Eagles at 11-1, and the Seahawks at 7-5 and twice, the Vikings at 10-2, and the, the 49ers at 8-4, and and the Chargers at 6-6, six and six, the only hang 500 on, teams. On, hang on. They're 54-30. and 30. That's the, the combined Seahawks, record of those teams. If the Seahawks don't sweep you, the Seahawks are 5-7 and seven and are thus a bad team. I think can't say if. If we're a fifth, we'd be drunk, Johnny. Yeah. If, if we're if I we're a fifth. Like I'm drunk talking to Bo right now because I can't believe his argument. But, but guys, you got to look at it. Wolford, I mean, whatever his name is, well, yeah, Wolford is a non-factor, really, because, you know, the, the, the Rams really aren't in it. You look at, you look at Brock Purdy, he's, he's on a great favorable team for his skill set. He has to make a couple of throws. I mean, I love the kid, local product, wish him nothing but the best. And you, you look what he has defensively, that defense showed why they're some of the best in the league and why, well, and they play complementary football. They have the ability to run the ball. And you look at Geno, he's completing the ball at 70%. 
I mean, when you do things like that and you're able to run the ball and you have a solid defense, Johnny, you're going to win some football games. I think the Let reality of the situation, I think the reality of the situation is the Cardinals haven't, you know, they, we talk about snake bit injuries. We could go down that, go, go down that road, but it's also just executing. I mean, if you look at pieces and who's to blame, I mean, look at the offensive, you know, in, the, the roster in and out of receivers, you know, different players, different parts. Tyler's been hurt. You, you have Rondell Moore. You have you have Hops been out the first six games. I mean, it hasn't been easy for anyone associated with this team. They might just mark it off as, hey, the team's been st- uh, snake bit. Let's keep it together for one more run. I'm going to take you guys back to two separate seasons with this franchise, and you tell me the starting point and the ending point based on this precious war of attrition as it relates to quarterback and what the better teams did in the division with the better quarterbacks dating back 2014. Does everybody remember that Cardinals were like something like nine and one. They lost their quarterback. The other teams took advantage. They hung around and the Seattle Seahawks went 12 and four and the Cardinals went 11 and five and they stole the division. They weren't the better team all year. But they, the Cardinals lost Carson Palmer and Drew Stanton. Then what happened last year, fellas? The Cardinals lost Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and didn't have their shit together. And the Rams said, nope, we're fucking taking this division. And they played their best football with their quarterback at the end of the year. The Cardinals don't even, they're not even putting themselves in a position to do that this year. And that's what's so frustrating. Had they just played 500 football, it's teed up. The rest of the mm-hmm. year, because they everybody plays everybody else. It's cannibalized. The Rams and the Niners, the Seahawks, they all play each other. The Cardinals could not even keep their head above water with Kyler Murray, who makes $230 million. And now you've got a sea of backups and backup backups. You can't take advantage. That is my point. Good teams. Keep it together. You don't let the – it's a sinking ship right now. Let's be frank with it. Bo and I well, – and, and sometimes they don't. Sometimes it's too much. And look, you you wish you had the guy in place that could elevate your team at the quarterback position, at the head coaching spot, on just the entire coaching staff. I mean, if, if you want to make a case for B.A.'s staff versus Cliff Kingsbury's staff in 2014, that's fine. I'm not going to argue with that. I think it's a pretty simple uh, who has the edge as far as well, that I'm goes. Well, I'm saying they have right. built an excuse. So do the, the 49ers. If the 49ers blow this division – no one's going to be pissed off if the Seahawks blow this division. They're in a rebuild year. But guys, Bo, John, isn't it? But 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 isn't it about depth? Isn't teams built around depth and their ability to withstand this war of attrition that we talk about? If you go back to 2014, what did that team look like? I mean, if you look at it beyond the starters who are struggling, Johnny and Bo, what else do the Cardinals have? So if the starters are going out there and they're having they're having problems, you know, getting sacks, getting interceptions, rushing the football, you know, throwing passes consecutively, consistently for over 200 yards, that being Kyler Murray, then what what's the expectations? If, you, if your starters are struggling, what's the expectation? How do you think that you're going to take advantage when there is no depth, coupled with the injuries that you've had all throughout I the season? I agree with that. Bo, I'll, I'll pose this to you. Do you think this okay. makes it more difficult for Michael Bidwell to look Kime and Cliff in the eye? Because you have the built-in excuse. The Niners are rolling with Jimmy G. They're a top seed. They win, they win the NFC. That's not likely to happen now. And now you look at, well, you couldn't even win a banged-up division this was obtainable. Do you think Michael Bidwell looks at it like that, even because of the fact that they weren't able to keep their head above water and compete now and have meaningful games in December? Do you think that's an indictment now, more so than it was 24 hours ago? No, but it plays a part of it. I, I, I don't think that they're, they're even thinking. They went into the bye week of 4-8. and eight. 
they probably weren't even paying attention to what happened this week. I, they, I mean, they want to win a fucking football game. They don't want. They don't. They're not worrying about. They're not sitting there in the kitchen looking at the big puddle of spilt milk and crying over it. I mean, they're trying to figure out how to win a football game at this point. How they're going to win games in the future. How they're going to make the best of this investment that they made this off season and locking in Kyler Murray as they should have in a two hundred thirty and a half million dollar contract. And they figure out the best way forward. And if it if it's if they if they feel like Cliff Kingsbury was the huge variable as far as why they fell so far from grace in 2022, then they need to figure out that between now and then. They also need to figure out who they want to come with them between now and the next offseason going into the 2023 season. I just don't think to look at, you know, Jimmy G going down and the division being perceived open, that's still the number one defense in the NFL last time I checked. It's still just littered with playmakers on the offensive side of the football. If like, you and I, Damien, can go back there and hand the ball off to Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and, and compete in football games. Well, that team also lost to the Broncos and the Bears. They got blown out by the Chiefs, just like the Cardinals. I mm-hmm. do think there's some degree of, I'm Michael Bidwell. I'm sitting down, looking in the mirror. I'm thinking to myself, my coach couldn't win this division in this case. Like, Pete Carroll's not leaving. Kyle Shanahan's not leaving. Sean McVay, you know, who knows what's going to go on with the Rams. You know, uh, Stafford may retire. That That's a whole different situation. But if you, Damien, if you can't win the division in a year like this, because we predicted it. We predicted all offseason. We said the NFC is going to be down. It's been worse than we thought. This division is worse than you thought. And your head yeah. coach? Couldn't be competitive in this division in this situation? Yeah, I mean, Johnny, it's not a favorable mark. I mean, when you have a quarterback and, and paired with his head coach and there's you're supposed to be the, the keys to success, that's the expectation. When you pay your quarterback over $230 million, the expectation is that you're going to be able to put up, you know, 25 to 30 points a game. And I think Jordan P talked about it in, in the comments section. He says the only difference between the San Francisco 49ers, which I agree with, and the Arizona Cardinals is that, you know, they scored the same amount of points, but the the 49ers have a number one defense, right? So they can limit the blood in the water. And I mean, all those are truthful. And the, the problem isn't Vance. It's, you know, when it comes to looking at production, it's your quarterback and your head coach. And it's either you're not putting them in the right positions to be successful or they're not, you know, they're not executing the right plays to be successful. And I, and the fact that we can call out some of the plays over, you know, Cliff, Cliff's tenure with the Arizona Cardinals, I think that that's problematic. We've seen him get creative, Right. At times, but it hasn't been enough. And I mean, do you do you attribute that to injuries or do you attribute that to just lack of execution or, you know, just an ill, ill prepared, you know, head coach? It doesn't help to have an ill prepared head coach. I mean, I I think when you look at it, it just completely put take take a step back and look at his and put it entirely in perspective. I mean, Cliff didn't elevate anybody. Kyler came out of the gates unprepared and, and not ready to go. And, and his first nine games of the season were brutal, right? And then you take, you know, who was available, who was not. Your four four out of your five offensive linemen are on the on the IR. You've got your top wide receiver who started the season on a six-game suspension. You haven't been able to get your top two wide receivers on the playing field together until week 12. I, I'm not sitting here. There, there's not built-in excuses. And I don't think anybody's sitting there and saying, hey, this is the the main reason we couldn't compete, but I, I'm not also going to look at this. Hey, the division was wide open and they missed out on it. I mean, I, I just think I think it's a little arrogant to think that they should be in this position with how poorly they've played this entire season, and that's the biggest issue. It's not that the 
they're not taking advantage of a down, but, but, a down yeah, situation. But, 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 Bo, I don't think that that's what Johnny's trying to say. I think Johnny's just trying yeah. to say with that quarterback, with Cliff, with all these pieces, mm-hmm. with the hop and, the, you know, this plethora of talent on the offensive yeah. side of the ball, like this was a great opportunity, you know, for the Arizona Cardinals to be what was expected of them, to be a team that's yeah. high-flying, scoring points in those flashes that we saw last year. I think that that's what the frustration by the fans and by anyone associated with the organization is, is the fact that we – I think that everybody understands injuries, but when you see other teams winning football games with – you know what I mean? With injuries, and it's all about, you know, context, yeah. right? It's all about timing, Johnny. If these injuries happen at the beginning of the year and they get healthy now, no one's talking about it, but the fact that they haven't been able to capitalize and they we've seen remnants of, you know, this – offense that can you know score be dynamic right Kyler being dynamic and that's something I want to throw out to you guys like what would you give a grade overall you know this year you know to to Kyler Murray being a 238 million dollar man like what what type of grade would you guys give him this year C he's been average yeah. he's been average say C minus yeah yeah I think we're going to see his best football down the stretch here uh but I've got an I mean I think this analogy works out right at, at one point in our lives Kate Upton and myself were both single people, right? We were both on the open market, yeah. but it, but yeah. one of us was ill-equipped to even court the other one, right? I, that see, I just, oh, I just, <laughs> I just not. You think I had a chance with? I appreciate no, that, no, but no, at, no. at some point, the Cardinals just had no chance you going in the season. The way that you can't pay your quarterback. Two hundred and thirty million. I understand that. That's no, my want, that was my I, point. I want to. I want to hear Bo expound upon this. Why, why was there I, no I, chance? I, you can't say. Why was there no we chance? Equipped, but we also have the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. That's bullshit. Mm-hmm. I can't listen. To I, I think as far as I just want to hear. I'm not disagreeing. I just want to hear okay, not only because about the Kate Upton story <laughs> later, but I just want yeah. to know like why 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 did they have no chance, Bo? Why did you feel but, that they had look no chance? Going I feel like is when you look at it with hindsight being 2020, that is now. As far as the way that they they operated in training camp, and sure some other variables played into it. Kyler had COVID. He also had, you know, I don't know if it was an arm issue, a wrist issue. We never really kind of got to the bottom of what was really bothering him. But it took him out of getting reps in training camp. He obviously didn't play throughout the preseason. He didn't have really any starters play in the preseason. This team was ill prepared going they've into all, the but year. they've always done that. And that's the coach. And that's kind of my point. It's a reflection of leadership. And if this leadership couldn't take advantage of this dog shit division that is now watching backups among backups starting in the stretch run of the season. And you have largely had the quarterback that you've anointed that you've given all this money to you get an F you get an F and you failed. Now the question then becomes, do you let them fail again? How do you, how do you mitigate this from happening next year? How could Michael Bidwell sit in a room with Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury and they spin it to, to Michael we need to keep our jobs because this is why it will be different next year. And I'm Michael Bidwell saying Brock Purdy won the division. Geno Smith made the playoffs. They're starting 100 rookies. The Seahawks played like their fifth string running back yesterday and went on the road and beat the L.A. Rams. I know the Rams mm-hmm. aren't great. I, I don't know. You think, Rams are on the offensive line. You think the Rams the are going to double line. down on this shitty season? No, they're going to try to come back and be competitive next year. How, do, how does Cliff and Kime sit in a room with Michael Bidwell and say, no, 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 Give us a mulligan here because this is what's going to be different next year. I don't think it's possible. I don't. I mean, do you, do you say not. that with L.A.? Bo, Johnny, do you say that with L.A.? Like Stafford's been hurt. Hey, we haven't been able to yes, be consistent. Make it, a, make it a full mulligan, 100%. 100%. Yeah. 
hundred percent. Well, they, they've got to figure out what the heck the, their future looks like. I mean, it's, it's not as simple as we just run it. They better not think they can run it back. But I mean, Bo, I want to throw this back at Johnny, but Johnny, why yeah. a full mulligan and you got the whole offensive line that has been rearranged 432 I don't times. I about that. Like, like, but Kyler can't block for himself. We've seen some of those games <laughs> where he didn't even have a chance. It's Steve Kimes' responsibility to, to acquire linemen that aren't semi-retired. Yeah like Justin Pugh and Rodney Hudson. It's Steve Kime who should have drafted Creed Humphreys who didn't. Listen, the tackle play has been fine. Josh Jones and Kelvin Beecham. It's really that interior offensive line. That's an indictment on Steve Kime. Now you can say, well, it's not an indictment on Cliff. Okay, that's not Cliff Kingsbury's fault. But I'm sorry, their their talent level is far beyond what Seattle is trotting out. And Seattle looks like it completely, they're on a different level Agreed. offensively. What Geno Smith is doing, they should get all the accolades. And I, you know, I put that tweet out yesterday, kind of condemning Geno Smith. I'm not. It's more I'm condemning this franchise for fucking around and thinking that they were just going to run it back and make the playoffs this year. And it was given to them on a silver platter with all these draft picks and all these high price veterans, and they fumbled it. And you can't. We're not moving off Kyler Murray. I don't think any of us three want to move off Kyler Murray. But the people in charge are just you've you've blown it. This is a you have. I was watching yesterday. I'm just like, they they should have won the NFC West this year. There's no excuse why you shouldn't have won the NFC West. None. Your, your schedule got easier as the year went on. We'll see how they do in the final stretches of five games, Bo. But they should have won it last year. And then this year, you got you had to beat a bunch of backups. And you you can't you can't even put yourself in a position to do it. Well, now a bunch of backups. I mean, Jimmy G was the starter, right? I mean, he was the best option at quarterback for them. I know they... They yeah. they screwed that up throughout the offseason. He ended up staying there, but he was he's been their best option. Now he's done for the season. Cardinals have them in the regular season finale. We'll see if they're playing for anything important. They're probably not with how the Eagles and Vikings are playing. They're not going to get a bye. Maybe they're trying to host a, a wild card game. I don't know. But uh yeah, we'll see what they do. Are they going to go after Baker Mayfield? That would be laugh out loud funny if if he's quarterback for that team or if Brock Purdy Mr. Irrelevant continues to be that guy one thing's for sure we can all just kind of relax maybe toss back a couple OG's gummies and and have a good time continuing this conversation about the Arizona Cardinals and did they fumble the 2022 season in the NFC West the chances at winning that maybe jump into the creams or the fruits You've got the uh, the ratio that they got, the minis. You've got your sleep edition gummy as well, which will help put you to sleep. Sometimes this offense would try to put us to sleep throughout the regular season for the Arizona Cardinals. Of course, the sleep edition comes in the aqua berry flavor. It helps put you to sleep and keep you to sleep. We love OGs. It's the perfect stocking stuffer. As you turn your attention post-Thanksgiving to the holidays coming up here shortly, get yourself, go find at your local dispensary some OGs or check them out online at ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z brands. Dot com. Get yourself some of their gummies. Someone who can use some OGs. You know, we all know them. Go get yourself some. They'll love it. They'll love you for it. As always, find them at your local dispensary. You got to be 21 years or older. Also, be 21 years or older to enjoy some delicious Four Peaks beer. They've got their holiday packs out there. It's an adult's version of the advent calendar. It's unbelievable. You've got a different beer for each day celebrating as we make our way up towards Christmas, you know, the reason for the season, plus some great Four Peaks beers. Enjoy beer specials uh, you, when you hang out at Four Peaks. When you're hanging out with the PHNX crew, you can get it on the $3 Kilt Lifters or Wow Wheat Pints. We're hanging out there every once in a while. I'm there just for fun, hanging out with my buddies. It's great atmosphere, great food, great beer. 
Uh, if you're looking for a game, you want to watch the Yotes, you want to watch the Suns, you want to watch some more NFL Sundays, go to Four Peaks, hang out, and give the gift of beer this holiday season with the limited supplies. December's Advent Calendar Box for 55 bucks. Enjoy specialty beers, tall boys, and more. Purchase at their H Street Pub in Tempe. Everybody do me a hot favor and like this video. Help share PHNX, PHNX Cardinals. We're back every day this week, dropping a pod, dropping a video. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about yesterday. So Sean Payton watches continuing on. L.A. Chargers mm-hmm. had a loss yesterday. And so the Cardinals, unfortunately, <laughs> take an L. Uh, and so that, that continues on. Sean Payton very much interested in, in rejoining the NFL next year. Will he be an option for the Cardinals if the Cardinals move off of Cliff Kingsbury? Bo, you brought up the idea potentially of Jim Harbaugh coming to the Arizona Cardinals. Now, he mentioned yesterday in a presser, which means nothing, that he's committed to Michigan long term. But he attempted to dip his toe in. Last year, the Vikings said no, no, which is laughable, frankly. Why would Jim Harbaugh be an option? Why is it laughable? That's laughable that the the, the Vikings said no, thank you. They've got two losses this season. Okay, well, they're doing all right, right? They made they made the pretty good decision on that one. Um, <laughs> we're gonna see what Jim Harbaugh has like seven hundred in the playoffs in the NFL playoffs, but right. Um, Jim Harbaugh He's been to a Super Bowl, and if it wasn't for I would say Beyonce's forty-five minute halftime show, <laughs> they may have won that. They may, they the lights just, going out. Yeah, the lights the, the lights going out. I mean, just saying. I mean. What he, what he was able to do, he resurrected Alex Smith's career, a guy who was kind of labeled as a bust, his number one overall pick. What he did with Kaepernick and taking him and, and, and developing Special. his game. He was the quarterback of that Super Bowl team. And a couple of years after that, he was really one of the better signal callers in the league. Uh, you know, the idea of him doing that with Kyler Murray, it should should get you excited. As far as, you know, you have to look at it. I mean, the reason Ian Rappaport brought it up uh, on his his Twitter feed, he said, you know, one of the names to watch out is Harbaugh because the Colts job is opening open. And just like Michigan, there's somebody that Harbaugh played some of his professional years mm-hmm. for. So and, and you're going to have to compete with Ursay, who's willing to probably do whatever it takes if a guy like Harbaugh became available. So is it is it something that Bidwell wants to get in a negotiation into a, you know, kind of a to outbid Harbaugh or what's the earth say for that? I, I think that'd be tough because the buyout at Michigan plus what he's going to command as far as his salary and the buyout you're going to have to have when you fire cliff. That's, that's a lot to get into it with. He's a West coast guy. Used to live in San Diego, obviously coached at Stanford coached for the 49ers. Like, Hey Jim, let's leave that Midwest weather. Come out back out West. I think the Cardinals set up very favorably to that, 2011 2012 Niner team that he took hold of Kyler Murray first overall pick that's a little bit underwhelming right now that needs a reset not so much like Alex Smith but you know I, I had people coming at me more on, like Colin man. Kaepernick more like right. Colin Kaepernick yeah well, that's what I see like, some similarities too people were like well he only runs a post-style offense I'm like no he, they literally changed their offense on the fly into the pistol what Kaepernick ran at Nevada like you tell me with an offseason he couldn't help Kyler Murray and merge the two styles together. Absolutely. It's what good coaches do. It's what Cliff Kingsbury should have been doing last offseason. They should have been using him under center, more booting out, that kind of thing. But I also looked, you know, defensively, the San Francisco 49ers think they're getting Vic Fangio back to replace um, D'Amico Ryan. If he gets a job, you could swoop in, you could get Fangio with Harbaugh, give him these linebackers, and, and allow him to go after Jed York because he is not happy about how things went down in the NFC West. 
And I, I know he's buddy was with Ursay. That that division is what it is. But you're you're never going to have the best quarterback. We think Trevor Lawrence is the guy. Houston Texans are about to have the first overall pick. Get Bryce Young, right? To me, you're in quarterback purgatory, and you're missing picks because you've traded picks for Wentz. You've traded picks for Matt Ryan. That job, that's a bad job. I'm sorry. That and the Broncos' job are not favorable jobs. The reason that Cardinal fans should be cheering on the Chargers is they have Justin Herbert, and they've got an influx of cash because they live in Los Angeles, so they can maybe pay a little bit more if Dean Spanos wants to open up the checkbook, and they have all their picks. That's the situation the Cardinals are going to be in. The Cardinals are going to have disposable cash, but to your point, Bo, does Michael Bidwell want to pay up for a big-time head coach? You so, hope Johnny, so. why, I just want to throw this back. So why would he want to come to Arizona again? I mean, you just. Well, West Coast, I mean, the just, team is talented. They have a quarterback. The Broncos okay. are stuck with Because you just made a hell of an argument for the Chargers. <laughs> we, <laughs> we need the Chargers <laughs> to continue winning. That's why it's important. That's why it's important okay. Brandon Staley gets his, gets his act together. Well, who do you guys think is a better fit, Harbaugh or Peyton? Peyton. Yeah, I think Peyton's your guy, right? Just because he is truly available. He's not going to be somebody you're going to have to really pry away from. And he uh, has history with the team. He has history with the team. Yeah, he's got his his camp days, you know, looking up at the stars, hanging out in in Illinois. (laughs) You know, probably got his first kiss while he's a ball boy. I don't know. Going way back, for whatever reason, people believe the nostalgia is going to get his open up the doors for the Arizona Cardinals. But sure, if you have an in, if you have access to him, then absolutely make it happen. Figure out what the compensation would be for uh, with the Saints. But you know, it, it's it's the same thing. Like, and, and Michael Bidwell has to be willing to pay whatever it takes for one of these guys because I think you know if either one of them is available, and if if, if both of them, then you're you've got a good problem in your hands. You have to be willing to pay what it's going to cost to do it. Just like Kyler, keeping Kyler in-house, you you had to pay top dollar for what the market was going to yep. present his contract for. So he showed he was willing to do that. Now he's got to be willing to couple with him the coach that can take Kyler from good to great. Michael Bidwell also has to feel the pressure of something that I don't think is talked about enough. You get a coach next year in this shit division with Kyler Murray you need to be expected to compete and to win and make the playoffs next year. The expectations in 2023, you can't have a mini rebuild after a single digit win season and a top 10 draft pick. When you have a quarterback that's making this much money, the expectation is back to the playoffs, enough dicking around, enough screwing around back to the postseason in the form of a wild card or hopefully the division. You can't hire Joe fucking Schmo offensive coordinator from wherever <laughs> And think, I got a postseason berth ready to go. There are two coaches that can help you do that. Jim Harbaugh, who's a proven winner, ass kicker at every level, and Sean Payton. So if that, if Michael Bidwell wants to be taken seriously and, and, and with his fan base, assuming they move off Kime and, and Cliff Kingsbury, and you get the fan base energized again to come and pack, God help us, State Farm Stadium, and you rebrand and you do all this stuff, but then you hire like Dingleberry offensive coordinator from the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. Like you could easily be terrible again next year. There are guarantees on the coaching right. market in the form of Harbaugh and Sean Payton that everybody would say, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, definitely. You're going to make the playoffs next year. Right. I, I agree. Because I think what they have is a proven track record of being leader of men. Right. And also having these professional relationships with their players, their quarterbacks, like where they're stern and where they can, they're not going to take, you know, less than a hundred percent effort on and off the field 
for their team. And, and I yeah. think, you know, what, what Peyton was able to do with, with Breeze or even when he didn't even have Breeze when he was dealing with a bunch of injuries, when he, he was able to do with Teddy Bridgewater. Always competitive. Always competitive. Yeah, always. Yeah. I mean, they, they had some solid teams. And I think also what both of them would bring is something that Cliff never brought to the table. What B.A. brought to the table yeah. was you – know, he had relationships around the league, not not just with coaches, but with players. And like when players went down, when you were seeking, like you had to fill a hole in an offensive line or you need a linebacker. It's like, oh, well, this guy's available. You know, we know what he can do. He knows our scheme a little bit. Like we never had that with Cliff here. Those guys definitely have it, whether it was, you know, Harbaugh coaching at Michigan or his, his, his past jobs with, with San Francisco. I think that both those guys, if you can get one of those two guys – I think that's your best bet. It's a like yeah. it's a, it's a franchise changer. You hit the lottery. Yeah. No, no, it, it is, guys. But I also have to think you have to think think about the context in which Cliff came into. You know, when you have when you're bringing a a, a college coach into a head, you know, a professional football organization, Kime is going to be running the show. You know what I mean? He's going to be he put together the coaching staff. He was probably in charge of player personnel. I guarantee you. Cliff is on, is in charge of on the field duties and Climb is in charge of off the field. And I guarantee you that's how the relationship was started. But if you get a guy like Sean Payton or you get a guy like Harbaugh, you're going to have to relinquish some of those duties because to your point, Bo, Johnny, if you have a guy that has relationships across the league, you have a guy that has credibility, you know, amongst his peers across the league, you're going to have to give up some of that power. And as Bill Parcells said, you know, if you, you want me to cook, but I can't shop, that might be a problem. Well, and I think that that to me, if I'm Jim Harbaugh, that's exactly why I don't want to go to Indianapolis because that owner medals, we've seen it. And also, you, like picking a quarterback, your options are going to be limited. You've used so many resources, like at least with Kyler. Kyler is here. He's not going anywhere, presumably. And if you're sold on this job, then you're sold on Kyler Murray and everything else takes care of itself. The roster, you can churn over a roster in 18 months, assuming you have the quarterback in place. You, head, it's a head coach quarterback league. Nothing else matters. Nothing else is even worth a point in Vegas. Uh, and speaking of gambling, my friends, I want to talk to you right now about my favorite year-long fantasy app. That's the Game Time app. And listen, I'm over year-long fantasy. Bo and I didn't have do so well this year in our PHNX Fantasy Football League, but we are crushing it using Game Time because it is daily fantasy, single-game fantasy uh, whether it's football, whether it's basketball, I think with basketball, you can it's interchangeable. You can pick all the same positions if you want. You can bet on your friends, bet with your family, save up. Uh, right now, underdog fantasy, it is so unique. It is so different. Like, will Devin Booker hit the higher of points? Higher or lower? You can talk about <clears throat> the uh, no positional limits, which is great. Uh, highest scoring squad wins. You win that cold, hard cash. Underdog does daily fantasy differently. Go get started. All you got to do is go to underdogfantasy.com, download the app, sign up with the promo code PHNX. Underdog is going to match your first deposit up to $100. And guess what you can do? You can be on Underdog Fantasy, and then you can go to the Cardinal game using the Game Time app and bet on, I don't know, Mac Jones against Vance Joseph. We'll see. Uh, but speaking of Game Time app, I'd love for everybody to download it. Check out tickets right now because you're thinking – Okay, I want to get some cheap tickets. I want to go and have fun, but I don't want to pay all the egregious fees, the admin fees, the service fees that we're seeing with all these third-party vendors. Listen, game time's not about that. They're about helping your experience. Save up to 60% on tickets when you buy them last minute. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Listen, when the Cardinals were relevant earlier this year, you could get tickets on the 50-yard line for as low as 120 bucks. Think about how much they're going to cost or how little they will cost against the Patriots 
on Monday Night Football. Um, are we calling this mock draft Monday, Bo? Or are we gonna are we gonna trademark that, or has that probably been taken already? Yeah, I think it was taken a long, long time ago. But we'll we'll play ball with uh, some mock draft Monday because at four and eight, what else do we have to do? Even though the conversation has been great and everybody's been killing it in the chat all day long, uh, yeah, let's get into. We'll, we'll just do. You know, obviously with the Cardinals at eighth overall, it's a little bit easier. The the prospects that they could pick are a few more available at eight than, you know, where they were at 23 when we all started kind of working together. So I figure it might be fun, maybe add some hope to some Arizona Cardinals fans' hearts out there. Yeah, and you want to – let's do this. Let's rotate the three of us. We've got eight selections. I thought we would go one, two, three, one, two, three, one, and two. And Bo, you want to kick us off with the Houston Texans picking first overall? Oh, I think that the Houston Texans, obviously they need the quarterback position. They moved off old long neck Davis Mills in favor of uh, Kyle Allen. And that was brutal going against their former quarterback on Sunday. Yeah. Did not look great. They're going to go with a QB. They're going to have a pick of whoever they want. We saw Anthony Richardson put his name in there today from Florida. Big time prospects. Stop it, I don't. Stop. I don't think you can get away from Bryce Young of Alabama. I think he's the top guy, right? Agreed. Yeah, for okay. sure. For sure. Bryce Young. All right, agreed. I mean, bro, hugging Goodell, number one. Damien, you're there gonna you're gonna get our home t- our hometown Bears. Damien and I are both from the <laughs> hometown, <laughs> hometown Bears. Okay. Yep. And you you need somebody to protect that quarterback, Johnny. They just got him too doing too much. The thing about it is, I don't know if. Uh, the kid from Northwestern, Skaronsky. I don't know if he a number two overall. I know that he had some amazing PFF grades. You would know. Just, you as a Northwestern grad, what are you? What are you <laughs> on the street? You're on the street. Uh, I mean, I, I would say. I mean, yeah, why not? We're we're going with Skaronsky, offensive tackle, Northwestern. All right, staying in the state. That's quite the development for the Seattle Seahawks who are picking egregiously third overall because the Broncos can't get their shit together and they are gifted Will Anderson third overall. That is horrendous, horrendous news for this Arizona Cardinal franchise. Uh, <laughs> Alabama, Buckets Award winner, Defensive Player of the Year, blah, blah, blah. Having a little bit of a down season compared to last year, but still an elite blue chip prospect. Goes to Pete Carroll, gifted to Pete Carroll for a defense that really doesn't have a great pass rush to begin with. She's so. saying the Bears should have got. Are you are you trying to tell me the Bears should have got? Will? No, I, I I think the Bears are a new trajectory, which is an offensive team. You don't trade Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith. I know they were older and you weren't going to pay them, but I I feel like the Bears are going to go all in on offense, and I I like the idea of protecting Justin Fields. All right. Way to, way, to, way to make me feel good, John. I appreciate it. <laughs> this, is, this is where he starts to get fun because who should be picking at four isn't picking at four because they mortgaged the future. It worked out. They got a Super Bowl. But the Rams pick goes to the Detroit Lions back in the uh, – is that part of the golf deal? It is. So they're on the clock mm-hmm. at four overall, and I think they'll probably go with the next best quarterback available, right? There's a couple of exciting defensive players, but – is it C.J. Stroud? Is it uh, the kid from Florida that I mentioned, Richardson? Is it Will Levis from Kentucky? I think they'd probably go with C.J. Stroud. Instead, uh, up there in old Wolverine country, they're going to have a Buckeye playing quarterback. I like that a lot. I love C.J. Stroud on the turf at Ford Field. Um, and I think we get quarterbacks that are, are going to be a hot commodity. Yeah, they're going to be 
I think they're going back to back. And whoever, you know, if CJ wasn't there, we were going to pick, you know, Will. We had them both graded around the same. You guys know the problems that we've been dealing with with the Carolina Panthers at quarterback. So it is what it is. We're taking the kid from Kentucky. Will Lewis. Will Levis, who's got just some horrific arm arm tattoos. Look it up. Uh, Yeah, just kind of. He also puts mayonnaise in his coffee. That's a red flag for me. I'm not, I don't want a quarterback that does Mm -hmm. that. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles have the, the Saints' sixth pick because uh, the Saints are now poorly run without Sean Payton and traded up. I, I couldn't even – I think they traded for Chris Olave, who's a nice player, but now mm-hmm. they're terrible. Um, and so the Eagles have their pick, um, and I think – listen, uh, I think they double down on protection for Jalen Hurts. I like Paris Johnson, Johnson Jr., tackle for Ohio State. Um, they've got some age on uh, right tackle, and I think that it's a predominantly run-blocking team. They don't need receivers. They don't need defensive linemen. Maybe they could add a corner here, maybe, but I think you know, take take the second-best lineman available, and I think they're in good shape. Lane Johnson is a, is a phenom, but they could, they could get younger at tackle. Jacksonville would be on the clock next. Uh, do they go wide receiver? They try to couple their guy uh, – Christian Kirk with somebody to help out Trevor Lawrence. Do they get somebody on the offensive line? Do they go defense because there's a couple, there's a Georgia defensive player that's a top five type guy and Jalen Carter that's available. Uh, let's have a little fun here and give him a wide receiver. Jigba just uh, put his name in the draft, right? From Ohio State. Let's Did. just go with him. Yeah. He'd be a great compliment. What the, thank you, Bo, because you know where we're going. The Arizona Cardinals need help with all the, the some of the best offensive linemen help uh, taken early on. They're taking Jalen Carter, D tackle, Georgia. No, question. I love that. They need, they love need that. help. Trayvon but Walker I mean, went to Jags last year from Georgia, and he hasn't been lighting the world on fire. So I don't think they double up with Georgia front seven players back to back years. I think that's a good fair. fight. That's fair. Uh, the Cardinals are desperate for SEC talent, SEC defensive linemen. You couldn't go wrong. You could take Jalen Carter. Or, I mean, if you can stomach more Clemson front front seven defenders, they've got two supremely gifted defensive linemen in Brian. Do you look at corner? What do you guys – so let's no. just go position. Yeah, and, I, I just it, said it was my pick. I picked Jalen Carter. I know. That's the right <laughs> pick. That's the right <laughs> pick. <laughs> okay. All right. So you got you want interior defensive linemen. I mean, I want an offensive line. Like that's that's yeah. what I want. But I mean, we got to go. What's been the the method of the past? They've picked best available, and it's no question that Jalen Carter, if he makes it to eight, is the Zach best Allen's available. a free agent. JJ Watt's a free agent. You have no pass rush. You got some kids that you're excited about. It has to be a defensive tackle, a five technique that can rush the QB, or it's got to be an edge rusher. That's and that helps the linebackers too. That helps if, the linebackers if, too. If I'm prioritizing just position, because obviously we went best player available, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm prioritizing position, I think I go edge, offensive line, and then interior mm-hmm. defensive line. But what? Okay. Based your tackle, on, okay. Your that, tackles but are that same pick. Hold on. That yeah, same methodology, but where would you go? That same methodology. What's I mean, no. I mean, look, if you got a top five guy who slides to you at eight, I think that that's – I can't argue with that, but if I'm I'm looking at the next edge available, I don't know if you're looking at like the kid from Notre Dame, Isaiah Foskey, or if you're looking at Miles Murphy, the edge from Clemson that Johnny mentioned. I'm you got Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. Do you fire Cliff Kingsbury and bring a Texas Tech guy in after he leaves? Oh my God. Uh, I mean, 
I think Edge, it's been su- it's been such a disappointment this season. Sure, you've got four sacks between Cameron Thomas and, and Maje Sanders. That that's encouraging. They can be rotational guys, but you need a you need a game changing type guy. You need a guy. You need a guy. You need a blue chipper. And I I'm with you, Bo. Like I, they need to upgrade the offensive line. It just they're not going to do it with the eighth pick where they can. Like interior, yeah, I wouldn't go right. interior we've, there. We've right, seen that play out with Jonathan Cooper with Megabus. Yeah. Right, Skaronsky, right. Skaronsky might be there. Skaronsky might be there at eight. Well, listen, and if Sean Payton was Skaronsky, then then that's what who he'll have. But I, and I they, like they are, weren't they notorious in New Orleans for going offensive line? Yeah, and they would maybe they'd play Skaronsky at guard the first year and then kick him outside. But they just signed the Cardinals did DJ Humphreys to a long term extension. Now it's not too favorable right now because he's he's out potentially for a while. But then Josh Jones is going to start, you would think, next year, unless he falls out of favor. So we're going to try to do this every Monday because what the hell else are we going to do with this team unless they start winning? I heard somebody say in the chat that if they win out and the Niners lose out, Cardinals could win the division. That's interesting. Wow. Can you imagine? I, I can't, I'm not even going to let myself do that because I've been disappointed so many times. But we, we, we're actually going to be doing a game preview at this time next week because it's a Monday night game against the New England Patriots. And this is my hot take that I'm going to deliver here on this Monday, uh, December 5th, 2022. I think the Cardinals win the next two games and go into Christmas at 6-8. and eight. I think that they beat New England and Mac Jones, and I think that they're going to beat Russell Wilson and the Broncos in Denver, and then they're going to take on Tom Brady on Christmas at 6-8. and eight. I don't know if that does anything for anybody, but I just feel like that's how it's going to go. I don't I don't care to comment on that, um, <laughs> but you can bet on those games right now on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And listen, do you use your money how you wish? It's like Christmas morning every day with DraftKings. You can get boosted parlays like tonight, uh, plus 100 if you bet at any time. Touchdown for Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. Listen, Cardinals money line, you can get plus money on this team right now. All Patriots are a slight favorite, minus one, minus one and a half. Uh, all you got to do, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code PHNX. Get this, place any $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game, you get $100, $150 in free bets back if they do. That's only, though, at DraftKings Sportsbook, only with PHNX minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. My DraftKings pick of the week hit over the weekend. It was the Texans. It was the Browns under. That was a gross game. But, yeah, so, I mean, it's a great time to be on DraftKings. We've got culmination of college football, all the bowl games that are coming up. You know, you love to gamble on those. College basketball is in full swing. We've got the World Cup still going on, although the USA is out. You've got NFL action. I mean, it's just NBA, of course, almost every day. What better place to be than DraftKings? Well, I will tell you, go to gophnx.com. Become a diehard for the year. You will not be sorry that you did. You can cop a free shirt every year. You're a diehard at gophnx.com via the PHNX Merchandise Locker. I'm still a fan of the Hollywood Hills sign on top of Camelback Mountain. You absolutely love to see that. Damien and Bo mentioned the many work of our talented peers, including Howard Bolzer, who's got a banger of an article now that you can read for free. Go phnx.com. But if you become a diehard, you get event discounts. You get exclusive member Discord access to hang out with Bo and I as we bitch and complain about this team. Nonetheless, go to gophnx.com. Become a diehard member. You will not be sorry that you did, Bo. No doubt about it. Uh, I think Howard Bolzer's complete breakdown of how we got here for the most part is pretty masterfully done. You can check it out. As Johnny said, it's unlocked. Also some great locked stuff that you're going to want to become a diehard for. But uh, Cardinals back on the practice field come Wednesday. We're going to talk to Cliff and a couple players tomorrow. 
team will return from bye and hopefully recharged after uh, the last time we saw this team, they were getting beat by the Chargers, a two-point conversion in the end zone, or after scoring to go up 25-24. So, but it's been fun. It's fun It's fun to get back on, on the mics with you guys, and we've got five more games to go. I said the next two. Anybody want to make – you got any other bold predictions for the rest of the season? I think we're going to see uh. some benching – of some high-priced veterans to finally get the rookies in there to mm-hmm. finally get young players playing. Um, I, you know, I, I don't want to see, I don't have any interest. I'm sorry, Marcus Golden. I think you're about done for the year. And I'm going to let, I'm going to let the tape do the judging in the off season. I would play Maze Sanders. I would play Cameron Thomas the rest of the year because if I'm Vance Joseph and I'm auditioning for other teams, I, I want to play the young players and I want to show them that I can develop young players. So you know, there are just there are too many there are too many high priced veterans that are not getting it done for the Cardinals, Damian. That's where I would start in these final five games. I mean, I think that you give I mean, I think that they're gonna give the vet guys just what they've done an opportunity to to go out on on you know the right foot, right? Like hey, hey yeah. you gotta play yourself off the position. And not that they haven't done that up to this point, but I think the next two games are definitely winnable games. And if you in any way, shape, or form, you know, come up short against the Patriots who are can't, you know, matriculate anything offensively. And as we all know, a Denver Broncos team that's struggling, struggling horrifically. If those two don't happen, and like both says, you can't get those two wins. Then I see a complete 180, but I mean, Bo and Johnny, and they're just trying to, you know, play anybody and give everybody an opportunity to get out there and play so they can evaluate for upcoming 2023. We are in Black Monday Watch, gentlemen. Exactly five weeks from today is the first Monday outside of the regular season. It's not the first Monday of the offseason, but the teams that don't qualify for the playoffs will make changes to GM and head coach beginning on Monday, January, I believe, 9th. So five weeks from today, it kicks off. Will Kime, Will Cliff still be a member of the Arizona Cardinals? You know where to keep it locked in. For anything and everything with this franchise, for Bo Brock, Damian Anderson, I'm Johnny Venerable. Subscribe to the PHNX Cardinals podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Like this video. Subscribe to PHNX Sports on YouTube. We're back. Manana audio-only podcast. We'll see you there.